0: Well, one of, the, one of the things that I think um, has made a huge impact on my clinical outcomes is um, what I learned in the manual medicine series. And that is that the musculoskeletal system is really complex. And um, you just can't do some manipulation and expect that the patient is gonna get better. If
1: you've ever asked yourself, how can I get better clinical outcomes for my patients, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Rehab Links Secrets to Success podcast, where I will be interviewing experts and teaching you how to access the best technologies, strategies, resources, and solutions so you can get the best outcomes that your patients deserve. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Rehab Links Secrets to Success podcast. I'm your host Lisa Chase, and today I'd like to welcome Dr. Lisa DiStefano to our show. Lisa, welcome. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. Uh well this is this is certainly um uh, a nice opportunity for us to uh, talk further. Uh, you know, uh, Dr. Stefano is a board uh, certified family medicine uh, physician. She's in Lansing, Michigan. Her and I met many years ago and have been teaching at Michigan State uh, together. And she is board certified in uh, neuromusculoskeletal uh, and osteopathic manipulative medicine. And I am eager to learn uh, about some of her tips. I certainly have learned a lot from you over the years and us teaching together. Uh, But this gives us an opportunity to share, you know, with our listeners a little bit more about Michigan State and uh, about, you know, your journey uh, as a physician and as a professor at Michigan State. So let's just jump on in and have you tell us a little bit about, you know, you and your background.
0: Well, um, thank you. Um, I am, I was born in Detroit and raised in the upper peninsula of Michigan. So I've pretty much been a Michigander my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always interested, um, as a young, um, a young person in, how things function, how things work. So I was the kid that was taking the toaster apart just because (laughs) the cord was a little bit frayed and I wanted to fix it. Um, I had a VW bug that I completely took apart and put back together. I was just really curious about how things work. Um, So I was also involved in chemistry quite a bit. I like chemistry, I love biochemistry. I love physiology, I love biology, I loved human systems. And um, so when I went to school up in the UP, I spent um, three years getting two associate's degrees simply because I you know, the, I couldn't really leave home. It was a comfort, it was a comfortable area for me to live. So um, I got an associate's in, in uh, science and one in arts. And when it came to getting, moving on with my career in college, I uh, was accepted to Michigan Tech which is up in the UP and also to Michigan State. And I wanted, I thought the pathway for me would be chemical engineering. Um, But when I I finally decided to come down to Michigan State because I figured if I didn't get out of the UP I would never get out of the UP or Northern Wisconsin where everybody seems to stay um, from my hometown. So I came down to Michigan State in 1985 Um, And I've been here since then. Um, I failed miserably in chemical engineering. Uh, I really couldn't do the math. So I, I, I moved on to physiology, get a bachelor's in physiology. But along the way somewhere, I wish I knew who it was in the moment it happened, but I don't, unfortunately. It was really a serendipitous moment for me where someone approached me and told me about osteopathic medicine. And that Michigan State University had one of the premier colleges of osteopathic medicine right there on campus. And within a few days, I was in the office of the uh, Dean of Admissions with my transcripts all laid out saying, hey, you know, do I look like one of your graduate students? And she said, sure, take a, another biology course and apply. So um, I applied and I got in and it was one of those situations where I think it was more of a spiritual God thing because I never really realized when I applied to osteopathic, to the College of Osteopathic Medicine that I was going to be, you know, I really didn't kind of grasp what it meant that I was going to be a fully licensed physician. I was just excited to be able to learn more (laughs) about biochemistry and physiology and function. So, um, throughout my years at Michigan state, I, um, my early years, you know, I knew that osteopathic manipulative technique and osteopathic manipulative medicine or manual therapy was a part of the curriculum, it's a core part of the curriculum for the first two years of medical school. And I, you know, it was, I was like everyone else, you know, trying to figure out how to pass my cardiology exam and my systems courses and still, you know, enjoy learning about the musculoskeletal system and how to do these techniques. And for me, it was all about technique because that's all we, how we were taught. So along the way I met and um, subsequently married John Vredevoe and, and John Vredevoe was the co-author of the book with John Uplager that John Upledger wrote called Cranial Sacral therapy. And I was a first-year medical student. John Bradavoe was someone I met at church. Um, I really didn't know much about cranial sacral therapy or cranial osteopathy at all at that time. Um, so um, John Bradavoe was had a master's in fine arts from Pratt, and he was at that time teaching a course in like the natural um, progression of design in nature. It was just basically a design in nature, course. And Diane Uplager, John's, uh, John Uplager's wife was taking the course and was video, audio taping all of his his lectures and would bring them back to John Uplager. And one day John Uplager approached John Vredevo because they were on the same campus. So uh, John uh, Uplager was at Michigan State at the time teaching at the college. And this was back in the 80s, long before John Vredevo and I met. So um, he they got together and they started collaborating on the design of the cranium in nature. And um, so when John Vredevo and I met, um, he wanted me to get to know John Upliger. So they reconnected as colleagues. So I spent the first two years uh, actually, the first four years on and off back and forth to the Uplager Institute and was working in there in the institute with many people. And I met people, wonderful people like Susan Trider at, uh, who's a physical therapist that might still be at the Uplager Institute, but she was there at the time. And we met I met lots of of wonderful people. Um, and that's where I really got um, exposed, my first exposure to physical therapy in the role of a physical therapist, in the care of patients. Mm. Um, So, and I also, I also generated a love for cranial osteopathy, cranial work, cranial uh, treatment. So um, when I graduated from, I I, um, was fortunate to um, have the opportunity to, to do an osteopathic neuromusculoskeletal. Um, residency at Michigan State that was integrated into my family medicine residency. Um, it was so a four-year program and um, got hired at Michigan State in 1997 as faculty in the College of Osteopathic Medicine at in the Department of Osteopathic and Nucleative Medicine. So um, that's where really my journey started. And I've been learning about patient care and the musculoskeletal system ever since. <laughs> it's a long story.
1: Yeah. And you obviously had the opportunity to work with Dr. Greenman for many years and yeah. then work together with him to write the principles of manual medicine book, which you have then subsequently edited and, uh, uh and also are re-editing, uh, with, uh, you know, what the former Mark book out, which yeah. will be coming out. Is it next year?
0: Yep. Yep. It'll be out next year. Yeah. It's a real pleasure to, um, um, uh, for Mark to be, help me with the sixth edition of Principles of Manual Medicine. Um, and and Phil would have been very proud to have Mark. You know, he was a big, uh, Mark was a big influence on Phil Greenman. Um, in fact, um, the third edition, let's see, I edited the fourth, fifth, and now the sixth edition, the third edition of Principles of Manual Medicine. Now, this is a course pack. This is the book was never meant to be a formal, you know, um, textbook on manipulative medicine. The, the 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 book was really meant to be the course pack we use in Michigan State University College of Osteopathic Medicines, Manual Medicine Series. Mm -hmm. And that Manual Medicine Series started in the 70s. As soon as the school hit campus, that Manual Medicine Series started. And Phil Greenman really um, was Phil Greenman and um, Paul Kimberly. Um, John Burdillon, John Monell. John so you can see there was kind of a diversity between the MDs and the POs at that time. Um, all put these courses together to teach osteopaths, to teach MDs. Um, and then it expanded because of the influence of certainly Mark Bookhout um, and Carl Steele as well. I'm going to pause for just a second because my little doggy is...
1: Going crazy. So hold on. one. Okay, thanks. Sorry for that little interruption, uh, but okay. So now I would love for you to share a little bit about the Michigan State program because it certainly had made a huge impact um, on me and my clinical practice. And it absolutely um, made a huge difference in getting great outcomes which is kind of about you know why the listeners are, are tuning in to kind of learn a little bit about that. So I'd love for you to share uh, because I know you've had a lot of involvement uh, with the program, both as a
0: chair and as um, teaching throughout the years. Yeah, I was um, as a resident. Um, so I started my internship year in 1993 and my residency in 1994. And my first couple years um, in my program, I worked with Bob Ward. He was my program director. Robert Ward does a lot of myofascial. He taught a lot of myofascial release courses um, at Michigan State within this manual medicine series. He was the originator of the integrated neuromusculoskeletal release, which is very cool. Uh, it's not myofascial release in the sense, but it's a nice way to in, enhance and integrate the nervous system into the muscular changes that we feel with myofascial release. So, um, so, and I also was able to table train in the principles of manual medicine um, course and um, and then subsequent courses after that. So I, I got to work with Phil Greenman quite a quite a bit. But I also was fortunate because I was in this residency, right? He was, he was in patient care. Um, he, was, wow. he was seeing patients in physical medicine rehab, again, within our practice plan here at Michigan State University. And he was just doing manual therapy, manual manipulative medicine at, um, on his patients. So I was able to hang out with him in patient care quite a bit. So in the first year of my residency, or the first you know year and a half of my residency, I was not allowed to hang out with Bill. I was not allowed to 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 work with him and his patients because Bob Ward really wanted to inundate me with what um, he was doing. Plus, I was I really um, had to build up my own patient practice, and we were busy from the the the, the, the get go with patient care. And there was a lot of patient patients um, that needed to be seen. Um, But it was very confusing with Bob Ward because he really couldn't give away his secrets about how he was getting people better. He wasn't clear, he wasn't the teacher that Phil was um, in the sense that um, he was excellent with his hands and he was, and he could see through the system, right? He could see what was going on and he could, but he was really, it wasn't clear to someone who was just learning the material how to get the results that he was getting. So um, I'd never forget the, it was a bit frustrating for me, even though I was getting good results, I wasn't really clearly, you know, I'm the person that needs to take things apart and put them back together, right? right? In my mind, I'm pretty organized and systematic and precise in the way that I look at the world. And it, it, it was a bit frustrating for me. So I would never forget the first week I worked with Phil Greenman. It was PM&R. We were on the first floor of the clinical center. And, and um, it was the Friday, the very last day of the week. And we were done with patient care. And he, he came in, and he sat down next to me and he says, so do you have any questions for me for about this week? What'd you think? And I looked at him and then, I just started bawling, I started crying. It was so, it was so elegant the way that he, I could see what he was doing. You know, when he was doing muscle energy technique, I I got it and he was telling me precisely the indications for what he was doing and why and, and how it worked and the way he was communicating to the patients really, um, it was one of those things where you see something that's so beautiful it, it moves you. It yeah. was one of those moments, and I—I I mean, I was just totally—he's looking at me like, "Oh boy." <laughs> <laughs> so, from, no crying in manual matter yeah, <laughs> From that moment on, I kind of pretty much—I was like a, a little tailed on Phil Greenman I would follow him around and watch what he did. And I was—it was such an honor for me to be able to sit in the back of the room and. And I and, and learned from not only him, but also all the all the wonderful individuals that um, have have honored the manual medicine series throughout those um, these past years. Um, and, you know, I remember, um, I don't remember um, how you and I met specifically, I know it was at the series. Um, I don't remember if you were taking the courses or if you were already involved um, in these courses back in 94, 95. Um, But I know that I think Mark started in the early 90s um, and then the exercise prescription course got built around um, his model. And I remember that um, when I edited the the fourth edition of uh, Principles of Manual Medicine, there was the, there were a lot of the exercise prescription material was in that book, but, and it, I knew it came from Mark, but it was never credited to Mark. So that's why we pulled it out. I pulled it out of the fourth edition. Mm -hmm. And then I credited Mark in the fifth edition um, because I really didn't quite understand what was going on um, with that material. And that's why I really felt very strongly that I needed to ask him to co-write the book with me in the 6th edition. Um so that's that's where we're at.
1: Yeah and um I know for Mark uh him and I were very close and obviously did a lot of work with rehab links and in teaching and the exercise course and it was very important for him to leave a legacy and I know that co-authoring that with you really meant a lot to him. And uh so you know thank you for asking him to do that and for the listeners out there so at michigan state this is um, a manual medicine series that is both taken by the residents uh, that are going through the program but is also available to physicians Uh, uh, physical therapists, uh, mostly. There are a few other healthcare providers who have taken the courses of some nurse practitioners um, and maybe some others that I'm not thinking about. But it is a wonderful series that starts with the principles of manual medicine, where we really lay the foundation uh, of uh, osteopathy and being able to assess The whole uh, system and then various techniques and then each course is then broken out where you can if you want to learn more about cranial sacral muscle energy, there's a high velocity course, obviously the exercise course and I'm probably missing some, an extremities course. And then that could lead to, if you're a physical therapist, to the functional manual medicine certification. So for any of the listeners out there that are looking to improve their manual therapy um, skills and just be a better clinician and better decision maker, I would highly recommend that you um, take those uh, courses and look into the series. So, uh, well, with that, let's jump into, because I'm sure you have some really great, valuable tips on how you over the years have really, um, you know, been able to get great outcomes. And I'd love for you to share some of that with our listeners.
0: Well, one of the, one of the things that I think um, has made a huge impact on my clinical outcomes is um, what I learned in the manual medicine series. And that is that the musculoskeletal system is really complex. And um, you just can't do some manipulation and expect that the patient is gonna get better. Um, and so what we try to do with this course um, from, uh, you know, of course, every course is very reductionistic. We start very reductionistic and then we build on on the normal function of the musculoskeletal system. And that's really what we're trying to um, develop. And that's what's really helped me is to understand the normal function of the musculoskeletal system, to understand the role of the joint and um, the neurology within the joint and how that joint dysfunction is going to influence the dynamic stability of the system Mm -hmm. Um, from a micro to a macro level and um, how it integrates in the active passive and neural subsystems and how they are all going to be influenced by that joint dysfunction. And so um, it is, it's really been the course, it's the course series itself has really been the one thing that has really impacted my clinical outcomes. It's really made me uh, um, dig further into the various aspects of neuromusculoskeletal function. Um, and I've reached out to and have learned from many, many and continue to learn from more and more folks that, um, clinicians that are have a little piece of the pie, right? Um, And just, if you think about reading Butler's work and reading Barry Weick's work on neurology and the arthrokinematic reflex. And um, so those are all aspects that I think are really um, have have helped me more than anything else. And that's what this course series does. Um, Additionally, I think that adding the cranial piece has really been the key. Um, and cranial at Michigan State is taught much different than um, at other air, in other um, programs um, because we're really going to break it down to the clinic, the clinician's perspective. We're going to get the anatomy physiology, but we're going to shorten the course to make it very clinically uh, usable. Um, and the way we do that is to um, we're really going to just open the head make sure that the head has the compliance it needs. And we find that that is really the key to um, shortening your visits with your patients and getting a lot of work done. It's very clinically, um, a lot of clinical correlation with the the cranium. And um, I, f- I found that um, I used to hate treating headaches, chronic headaches and migraines because um, I, I felt so um, useless, you know, it just was like, ah, You know, manual medicine doesn't really work for headaches, right? So um, until I learned that cranial system early in my career and I've been really been uh, I use it almost every day on my patients.
1: Yeah, cranial is very impactful, not only for head and neck issues, but can really translate to issues, you know, further down the chain for sure. So it does um, open up your eyes. If the listeners have not taken any cranial, I would definitely encourage you to at least take some kind of introductory course. Uh, if you're not interested in really fine tuning your skill in that, then find a clinician that that really does it so you can partner with them. So, um, so you could, you know, add that into a treatment plan if it was needed. So- Yeah, I'm. I'm with you, and I. I and and I think the neurology piece is super important, right? When I first started taking the Michigan State stuff, too, I think I was, you know, as a physical therapist, you know, certainly we learn about the nervous system, but we're learning a lot about muscles and joints, and how to move, you know, how to move joints and how to get muscles to function. And it wasn't until I took the muscle energy and paired that with the exercise course that it really like the light bulb went off for me on how we're impacting the neurology in the system uh and 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 how that can change how people move and how muscles are firing you know either too much or not enough and then obviously pairing that with the best exercise prescription with what you're doing with your hands on really gives us um you know b- those better outcomes so that's great so yeah. I know that you know you so you teach at at Michigan State and so are there things specifically and also in the College of Osteopathic Medicine right with the residents so are there things that your students find particularly valuable that that they're 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 saying to you um you know wow like you've really given me some insight on whatever that might be you help the light bulb come you know come on for students um is there something from that realm that you can share well
0: as an educator you know um we start with this concept that you know just we just you know, we we start with this concept that it's all about the technique of manipulation, and that's a flaw in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think with the students really and the residents really, um, when they, they they come into the residency, they're 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 expert manipulators, and they make people feel good, like fellow peers, right, mostly and family mm-hmm. members. Um, but they really don't understand the indications for when to use manipulation. Um, so. The, the concept is, well, you know, it hurts in this location or region of the body, I'm just going to manipulate that area, right? Mm-hmm. That, that should make it all work. If you get something right. to move or get it to crack or so, and it's broader than that. It's, 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 you know, when you really th- think about that active passive and neural subsystem as Punjabi defines it, we start to see that manipulation is a tool in order to improve function. If you improve function, the pain has to go away. I mean, if a good example is, you know, hamstring injuries, right? Hamstring pulls, hamstring tears, hamstring um, pain, hamstring tightness. We all want to just stretch the hamstring, stretch the hamstring, stretch the hamstring, and really that's destabilizing the pelvis even more. If we think about what the hamstring is, it's a primary hip it's it's a big hip extender Mm -hmm. and the reason why that hip extender is working harder than other hip extenders is because the fact that the gluteus maximus which is the primary stabilizer and the hip extender is really from a timing perspective is not really functioning well and so the hamstring stays on longer and it in it and it sends fibers across it kind of balances right this tensegrity of stability from the fascia which is a very critical piece as well um, you know it's trying to stabilize the pelvis and so you really if you if the hamstrings trying to stabilize the pelvis and you're trying to stretch the hamstring then you're then you really are going to destabilize the pelvis right so the key is to treat the sacrum get the glute max working and the hamstrings have no choice but to shut down That is a continuum throughout the body. We look at the body. When I see pain, I'm looking at it from an overuse myofascial or muscular pain syndrome perspective, Um, even if it's, it could be psoas or iliocostalis or erector spinae, regardless of what the muscle is there. The reason why the muscle sore is because it's working too hard to either in pronation or supination or somewhere in that chain um and i think just for the students to grasp the true indications for manipulation is to shut down is to turn on the stabilizers so those muscles have to shut down really is is quite uh quite remarkable to see that transition and then they really get going right that's what really gets them started so yeah That gets them excited for sure. Yeah, we see that a lot in the exercise course too
1: the light bulbs going off. So, okay, wonderful. So, um, is there um, anything else of value um, that we would like to offer um, if anybody wants to learn more about Michigan State or take a course uh, that you would like to share?
0: Well, I think that, um, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you try to um, take, you know, go, go kind of go outside of your realm of learning. Um, the, the Michigan State courses are really unlike most um, manual medicine courses. Um, we find that, I mean, we've kind of honed the courses since 1970. Um, and I think that um, they build on one another, but I wouldn't. I would. I would highly recommend taking the principal's course because you're going to get a, a, good flavor for for why we do what we do and how we do it and why we do it def- differently. Um, I think that um, you'll understand when you take some of these courses. Um, the role of cranial, the cranial system and when to take the cranial system and why to take the cranial system. I mean, one, one thing that I, uh, Phil always taught me is that if you have an upper cervical complex dysfunction that you're struggling with, it's a cranial problem until proven otherwise. Um, TMJ, vertigo, so many other things that we don't think about, um, that fit into that model that, uh, it's a nice integration to the musculoskeletal system. And it really is, if it's the place and it's the way to really begin to understand normal musculoskeletal function, which is what you want to achieve in your patients. It'll help you with, with patient time. It'll help you with, with your clinical um, skills. It'll, um, um, it'll allow you to work within the realm of your schedule to get a patient in and out the door. Um, it certainly has given lots of um, physical therapists the opportunity to go into private practice on their own cash based practice, because we all know that, the that you know, even in musculoskeletal world, even in the physician world, right, the healthcare system is pretty broken when it comes to helping patients with musculoskeletal problems get better and achieve um, uh, normal function.
1: Yeah, definitely. Agree with that. Um, Okay, well, this has been wonderful insight. I learned a few new things that I didn't know and was kind of reminded of some others. So thanks for sharing with me and with our listeners. Um, If people want to learn more about you or Michigan
0: State, um, how can they find you? Um, They can email me at dstefano at msu.edu. Also, they can go to com, com.msu.edu um, and then look for the CME program within that um, or um, just Google uh, manual medicine series at Michigan State University College of Osteopathic Medicine.
1: Excellent. And I will definitely put that in the show notes. And I so appreciate you joining me today. So with that, I'm going to sign off. And uh, until next time, keep getting great outcomes. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rehab Links Secrets to Success. If you haven't already, please share this out so that more people can get access to Rehab Links Secrets to Success. Now, if you would like to work with us and connect with my team, please go to www.rehablinksystems.com, where you can find our free tools, online trainings, and many resources to help you get great clinical outcomes. We look forward to serving you. Until next time.